What's going on? It's Joey Thurman, and welcome to Season 3 of the Fad or Future Podcast. Yeah, I made it three seasons. What's different about this season? Well, yes, I'm still bringing you the world's top experts in fitness, nutrition, mental health, and more. But I'm also talking about my own personal struggles. I get deeper this season because we can all use a little bit of relatability. So I hope you stick with me, you enjoy this season, and thank you for being here. And as always, you get to decide, is it a fad or is it a future? Because after all, we don't want to be fatties, F-A-D-D-Y. Hashtag don't be a fatty. Monica XM, don't stab me with your sword. Or is it a saber? What is what is it called? Saber. A saber. It's, a, it's a saber. Uh, why did I bring that up? Well, 2016 bronze medalist in fencing, and I got to beat you up several months ago in Central Park. You did. Um, my body hurt a lot afterwards. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> well, it was it was one workout, so I had to leave a lasting impression. That's. I mean, you did. You definitely did. I was glad that it was nice and short. I don't know if I would have survived anymore. I think you probably could handle it. I don't know. It, it it lived forever though on social media now. So I I have proof, and I had no idea really about fencing whatsoever. I mean, I, I said sword instead of saber. So that's okay. That's most people. <laughs> All right. So you were a 2016 Olympian bronze medalist. How was how was that experience? And then how was the experience of um, watching the Olympics this year? You know, essentially from the sidelines because there were some extenuating circumstances where you weren't able to compete. Correct? Yeah, correct. Um, which we'll get into in a second. Um, I mean, I love and hate that question of like how was the Olympics because I mean, like obviously it was amazing. Like I accomplished mm -hmm. a dream that I've had since the age of like 14. Um, but it's like, it's so hard to put into words. Like imagine being 14 years old, watching TV and being like, that's gonna be me one day. And then you're there and you're like, how did I get here? How, how did this happen? I don't know, I have imposter syndrome my entire life. I don't understand, like, I don't understand why you want me on here. Because it's in my head, it's like, I'm this normal person. I work my butt off. But like, I don't think I'm any more special than anybody else. So it's always funny for me. And I have to like remind myself, like, no, people want to talk to you because you want a medal. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Got it. Let me remember that. <clears throat> um, but yeah, but that, that, that's great, though. Like, I think a lot of people have imposter syndrome. I, I have the same thing. I mean, when I trained you, I was going to live with Kelly and Ryan. You know, I was kind of like, why, why did they book me again for this? You know, it's I, I think a lot of times that people get this light shined on them. They almost feel like they don't deserve it yeah but i think from at least my experience i feel like a lot of people are very cocky mm. at least like in the athletic world maybe that's why like that's what i deal with you're not wrong yeah so now that like people are talking about it like i always thought i was just insane for like feeling this way <clears throat> but now that people talk about it and like have like type like whatever coined the term it's like, oh, okay, I'm not alone. And I feel like more people are talking about it and I'm not only dealing with athletes. So it's still a little bit different. Um, right. But no, I mean, amazing. Like walking around opening ceremonies, like I still get chills whenever I talk about it. It'll, I don't think I'll ever forget about it. I'm actually, I was, actually was not even supposed to walk in the opening ceremonies because I was an alternate heading into Rio. So like you're technically not an Olympian, 
well, not technically, you're not an Olympian until they let you compete. Wow. So we snuck out there for the opening ceremony. <laughs> <clears throat> I wasn't going to, but our this one other guy that was an alternate and he was an Olympian from 2012. And he's like, Monica, I don't care what you do. I'm going, you can follow me. And I was like, okay, I will follow you. <laughs> like go to the opening ceremony, not go. I'll go. <laughs> So <laughs> funny, but I ended up meeting like all my friends at opening ceremony. So thank God I went. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so that's obviously an amazing experience. Like walking out to the Olympic village. I felt like I was like, I don't know, a four-year-old walking into like the biggest Lego store. Like you don't know what to look at. Like Legoland. Yeah. There you go. That's what it's called. I, not a boy. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I gotcha. People are walking around you and like, I mean, like the world's best are like right next to you. I was getting coffee and next to me was Michael Phelps. I'm like, this is 9 a.m. Am I awake? What's going on? <laughs> like riding the elevator with, I don't remember, like all the track athletes. It's insane. Um, and obviously winning our medal was a whole another experience where there was a very embarrassing photo on Google. Not really embarrassing, but it's not really a photo one wants. I mean, just sobbing, crying, basically. And like in that yeah. moment, it's like, like I would like, I felt like a crazy person because I would like laugh because part of me is like, this can't be real. And then I would like think on it and I would start crying hysterically because like all these moments where I thought about giving up, all these hardships of like having to fundraise money or like injuries or whatever and like not giving up. And I en- ended up being where I am. I don't know. It's all just crazy. I still don't believe it. That's pretty cool to go back on it. So how how were you able to get a you I mean you were an alternate but you got a medal. How did that work? Um so they they it's it works a little bit difficult differently in um in the Olympics than every other com- uh, competition. So normally when we compete it's 3 on 3 but a fourth person's alternate and they're mm-hmm. switched in for tactical reasons or injuries or whatever. <clears throat> so they're like somebody's like not doing well against a certain person or like there's some athletes that like I literally just cannot match up against so I say from the beginning like I don't ever fence her well do not put me out for this mm-hmm. match it's not good for the team for the Olympics I mean they just have a lot more rules period but if you switch in the alternate you only have one chance to do so so like mm-hmm. if they did it in the first match and then somebody gets injured we're screwed so they typically wait until like the last match to put some like the alternate in, you know, because you never know what's going to happen. Um, so they put me in for the first time for the bronze medal match, which was <laughs> uh, a lot, <laughs> a lot. And at that, that moment, I was like, are you guys sure? Maybe I shouldn't, but you know, I mean, we're doing so well, like you guys keep going. Cause it's like, I mean, that's a lot of pressure. The first time yeah. I'm competing, and like months at that point, like two months, three months, in July, we had a competition in May. <coughs> no, we had a competition in June in Panama. Okay, so like in two months, first time I competed. And the first time I'm going out was for a bronze medal. And everybody's watching, obviously. So that was also a lot. The whole experience was a lot. <laughs> and, and how did you, I mean, they they put you in and obviously you've got all, all of these nerves. So were you able just to go in the moment or was it all just like you're outside of your outside of your body? Cause you obviously did well because you guys got the medal, but what is that like just going into that? Cause some people would freeze, right. And you hadn't competed in a long time. So how were you able to perform? Um, well, 
honestly, I think sports is like 80% mental. Um, cause you can just not even be like fully prepared, but as long as you have the, mo- the right mindset to it, you can be successful. Obviously I'm not saying like any, anyone that they just decide they're going to do it. They can walk out and, and win a medal. But I mean, especially in these moments like that, that takes a lot of mental skills and, and, and mental toughness. Um, I kind of, obviously I panicked at first when they're like, you're going to go out. And I was like, uh, I don't really know. I don't think we should do this. But then I kind of was like, okay, like get myself together. Um, <clears throat> this is literally the same competition as everything else, except it's just called the Olympics. We just changed the name. Okay, there are more cameras than normal. That's definitely weird, but we're just going to shut that off. And I kind of just tried to normalize it to the best of my ability and compare it to something that I've been used to. And this girl that I knew I was going to fence, I've already fenced her before. I, fortunately enough, I think twice in my career, definitely once, I fenced her and I won. Like, no problem. So, like, I mean, you've beat her before. So, like, that's nothing new. But I think she's afraid of you. So, you already have the leg up. And just go out there. I It's in team event. It's you go to a combined score of 45, but each person fences five points. But if you're like trying to make up points, you can fence more to like close the gap. So I was like, okay, we're up. All you need is five points. She needs like, she needs like 15 or something. I was like, easy. We got this. <laughs> or no, I didn't know that at the time. That's right when it before right. I came out. I knew that, that score. But I hyped myself up. <clears throat> I was like, okay, we're just gonna fence as fast as we can, get like get our five points and get off this strip before like you even have a chance to understand what's going on. So I kind of just did that. And I was doing really well. I was up four one. So I needed one more point. And then my cord broke. <clears throat> so when my cord broke, they had to come over and fix it. And in that time frame is when I realized where I was and what I was doing. And mm. I froze everything started happening in slow motion so like we started fencing again and she scored eight points because <laughs> I couldn't do anything like nothing made sense like I felt like I was like in quicksand and like my body was going super slow she was going slow but like I was always after her like I'd see her trying to hit me and I'd be like okay you gotta block her and then she'd hit me and then I'd block be like that was wrong and I just couldn't get anything together until like I heard my teammates screaming like one more one more and I was like right 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 okay three configure here here we are and I <clears throat> just made a plan of you know what was working initially what wasn't working initially and I was like okay so let's just simplify this to the best by our abilities and score this last point and then I did but you know almost choked <laughs> <laughs> well I made almost choked almost. but you, you you didn't so you, you were able to recover yeah, thankfully. Thankfully, that would have been very embarrassing. That's what I said to myself, like, you can't choke because literally the entire world's watching. Everybody will know. And then what did I do? Start messing up. Yeah. And, and what what was that, that final point, that moment like? Were you able to realize what just happened? No, at that point, it was just kind of like, thank God I'm getting off of this. Like, I scored that last point. I was like, I wanted to, like, run off. <laughs> And be like, okay, good thing I'm done. Like, thank you guys. I had my opportunity. That was a lot. And I like came back. Um, everyone kind of like, it's funny because all of my teammates obviously had been at the Olympics previously. And everyone I spoke to, they're like, the pressure is unreal. And I was like, right, it's a competition. Sure, maybe a little bit more. But like, you don't understand. Like, it literally, when you walk out there, it feels like somebody's like this and you can't breathe. 
like you just feel the pressure in that room like even when I wasn't competing I walked out I was like oh this shit's heavy um but like you can't prepare yourself for it when you're actually competing like one thing is like oh yeah I feel the pressure other people are going to be feeling sucks to be them but like when you're about to compete it's crazy and like the coaches came out like whenever you step off the strip win or lose you like high five all your teammates <clears throat> and I like came back and my my coaches well my co- my personal coach and our our team coach they're like um you felt the pressure huh and I was like yep quite a bit I definitely felt that glad thing I good thing I've done they're like you're like they're like it happens to everybody you handle it fine whatever um and then I went back to like a and again imposter syndrome of like I don't really understand what's happening and then our my our Mario Zagunas my my teammate she went out for the last leg of it and then my other teammates like stood up or like crying and I was like why is everyone crying like what's going on like, we're still competing but they were like crying in disbelief that they're about to medal I felt like I was like I said in Legoland like everybody's speaking another language it just it was just too crazy for me to like wrap my head around the whole thing and then like we all stood up held hands and then I think I started to slowly start understanding what was happening because then I started crying and then she won we like ran out and then I remember everybody ran out to their families Um, my family wasn't there but my two best friends were and I remember like walking towards them okay now I'm gonna start tearing up again um and like standing on the that final strip that we had because I had to like get off of it and like looking around and that's the where the photo is on google of like me sobbing hysterically and I couldn't stop crying period like for like the next like hour I think I was just like on and off crying well of course there's a there's a lawnmower outside right now um when you go back at that that, and you still get emotional that was I mean, Stoutwell now five years ago. Five years uh, ago. Do you do do you think that's going to happen for the rest of your life? When when you look back at the at those moments and those good moments, I mean, whatever happens in your life, can you always draw from that experience? I think so. I mean, I've been able to use that to like get through tough moments because I mean, I don't I, like that was the most pressure I've ever felt in my entire life, and I I really think that, and it's the hardest competition ever. Like we've spoken to a bunch of people. <clears throat> maybe there's like one in college that like kind of compares but you're too stupid to understand like pressure and all that stuff um but yeah I mean like I said anytime I still talk about it five five years later I still get emotional I mean it again it was a dream come true I decided at a, at 14 that this is what I was gonna do most kids wouldn't want to be like mermaids at 14 um I wanted to be an Olympian and like not only did I accomplish that but I became Olympic medalist and on top of that, when I 14, when I watched the Olympics, Mario Zagunas, my teammate in Rio, was the one that won the first ever gold medal. So then I won this medal. Like, I shared this moment with my childhood idol. What? How? How? That's not a thing that happens to people. You know what I mean? So, like, it, all of it, there's just all-encompassing. I mean, like, a uh, child of a single immigrant mother is also an additional layer. Like, we went through a lot of hardships financial etc so I think that's kind of why it just means so much and I understand how much you know it costs me and all that stuff yeah I mean and let's talk about cost a little bit because I had no idea honestly I, I think that people really think that Olympians are just <laughs> taken care of and you get all of your training and even when I trained you in Central Park um, you were talking about you get like a few hundred bucks per month and I was thinking well if I lived in New York I would have charged you three hundred dollars 
for that one training session. You're like, yep, right, that would have that, that would have been my budget. Yeah. So it, it, can you can you speak of that a little bit because that's a that's a common misnomer. And does it change <clears throat> based off of if you're with a marquee sport versus like obviously you know, fencing? Um, isn't you know a sport that people are like a, like a football or a big money driver does it change based off of the sport um so it's not really spoken a lot about i think it's i don't know if like it's actively being hidden and like on the hush hush or <clears throat> or just kind of that's how it is but um so other sports get more money um i don't know if every sport again because it's like kind of more about talking and and also it's not like we really like go up to each other and be like, how much are you making? I mean, that's not normal in any field, let alone athletes. Um, <clears throat> but like through reading and through talking to people, um, the one wrestler got 250000 as a bonus, I think. I originally wanted to say half a million, but I feel like that's too crazy. I think he got a bonus of 250000 for his medal. I could be wrong. He definitely got a huge bonus. Maybe my numbers are off from, from memory. Um, but we get everyone across the board for their medal. They change the numbers for Tokyo. They raise them. Um, if I remember correctly, for gold now, it's 37,500. For silver, it's 25,000. And for bronze, it's 15. For Rio, it was 25 for gold, 15 silver, 10,000 for bronze. So that's everybody, every sport across the board gets that same prize money. um but there's people that get more money obviously um i mean basketball players football players okay football's not in the olympics but they're getting paid millions period tennis same thing um for friends like we don't get that kind of money um and still getting sponsorships like so i did a, a, a tiktok on uh on this um i don't know if you saw it anywhere else because this tiktok went viral and it was all over the media yeah right I think I saw an article too. You, you all, I mean, we'd follow each other. So I think I might've seen that too, but yeah, it was, it was all over. Yeah. Forbes did it. Um, everybody did it kind of wild, but, um, where was I going with that? So each different countries get different amounts of money. Um, so like, and then they get also sponsorships as well. Like in Poland, had I meddled, I would have already been like a legend in Poland. Like, everybody would know who I am. I'd be, like, all over stores, all that stuff. Okay, yes, there's less medalists. There's less athletes. I get it. But, sure. I mean, still, like, America's considered this, like, amazing country and, like, we're filthy rich and freedom and all that stuff where right. it's, I mean, we pick and choose who we pay. Let's be honest. That's just how it is. Um, but people were commenting on this video being like, oh, you're not mentioning, like, the sponsorships athletes get it's so rare to get a like a really good sponsorship or a sponsorship period because everybody wants like the big name athletes but why are they the big name athletes they're getting all the media coverage and they're not putting fencing in the media so how the hell are we gonna ever change that yeah we're not because you can't even watch my event let alone like learn how to do it i mean it's not like baseball is an easy sport to understand I don't know. I don't understand it. And I went to a baseball game once and I was sitting with a guy who I was on a date with and he was trying to explain it to me. And I would ask him questions. He's like, oh, I don't know. I was like, why are you at this event? Why did you pay money? And he's like, because it's fun to drink and, and watch. <clears throat> I'm like, but you don't, you can't answer questions. So you don't fully understand this. So people are like, oh, like nobody understands fencing. I'm like, okay, nobody understands baseball, but we're all still going. So like what, we can't have 
why don't we have fencing tournaments where people don't understand? Like, that's cooler. People are stabbing each other and screaming. You don't want to watch, you don't want to drink a beer and watch that? I think that's cooler. People are stabbing each other and screaming. I like that. Yeah. It's like gladiator, but people aren't really dying. It's a win-win to me. Um, But in terms of sponsorship, also, there's a lot more sponsorships for male athletes than there are for female athletes. So that's also another layer to all of this. It's a mess. There's a lot of things I need to change a little bit. Yeah, but I mean, so besides the besides the you know lack of money you get for winning a medal, and by the way, if the team gets a bronze medal, do you all get the same money versus an individual event? Um, yeah. So somebody was saying that teams have to split the money. I don't know if that's true based off of my experience. I mean, we're four people. Yeah. I know I got my ten thousand for the bronze. Okay. I assume right. the rest of my team did too. There's no way that I was given all the money and no one said anything about it. So. Uh, safe to assume we yeah. all got 10k okay yeah and then obviously other countries are getting a lot more money and you, you're right you you hit the nail on the head where some countries like you know um the winter olympics coming up like greece doesn't i don't know if they're gonna have anybody that's gonna win a medal but if somebody happens to go to the winter olympics from greece and they won it yeah they'd be immortalized right like yeah um because it's just it's just not there and you know my wife's family is greek so when a Greek is in, you know, in the Olympics or whatever, like, oh, look at this Greek person, because it's not just as, you know, wide range of athletes that we have in the States. But I mean, you're making 10 grand for the bronze, but how much did it cost you for those several years to train to get to that point? I was definitely more than negative 10K. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, because I fundraised money. I think our year of it, and it's not like I'm spending like crazy. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to save money. Um, I think it's around like 13, 14,000 a year. And but you I'm had to grateful. fundraise to compete. Yeah. Which and is, I work. Which it's is not strange. like I don't work. It's not like I sit on my yeah. ass and just train. Like I also work. Um, and it's not like you can just work any job because. I mean, there's hours that you have to commit into training and training camps and travel and competitions. Like out of our World Cups, we have eight World Cups. One of them is in America. It used to be in New York, but that's a whole nother topic. Um, not very well like marketed. So like, like nobody even knew this competition was happening. Like people were living in Brooklyn and didn't even know that it was happening. Because there's no well, I mean, when, when I saw you, like, yeah, you, you're like, well, yeah, I, I've got to be in New York because that's where, you know, we, the you know, fencing you know, academy, is that the, the right word? Just, like, I, didn't, I mean, my coach is one of the best coaches in the world and he's in New York. Yeah. So I, so I didn't, I didn't know that, you know, almost any other sport you can find, like you basketball, baseball, well, and baseball's when, when it's in the Olympics, right? Like you, almost any state you can go to and find like a, a high level coach, obviously you're a, a much more niche sport. So you've got to be there, which is one of the most expensive cities in the world too. Yeah. That's great. You know, um, <clears throat> always great. Um, so yeah. So like I said, I work, I mean, most of my money is going towards like living and I was living at home for the longest time so that I could save money. So like at that point I wasn't paying rent. Um, I was just had to pay for train tickets and, and gas to get to places, the gym. Um, my fencing facility um, is amazing where we kind of, like they help me out. So they give me opportunities to, to make money in the fencing club so I can pay off my stuff. <coughs> um, <clears throat> but like travel, uh, like flights to we have <clears throat> a competition in Asia at least once a year. 
that's a lot of money. We have one typically in, in Africa once a year. That's a lot of money. I mean, I've stayed overseas in Europe um, for competitions so that I could save money and not fly back and forth. So, I mean, I've been trying to save money or pay, like, spend the least amount from the beginning, but it's still, I mean, it's still a huge chunk of change. So it's like 13, 14,000 a year without even wow. equipment. And, That's another factor. And you have to pay for all of that yourself, even the flights? Yeah. So <clears throat> it's the rules change based on the budget that we have. Um, there have been times where they only paid for the top two to travel. There have been moments that they paid for the top four. Last year, the last two years were kind of the best where they would give some kind of um, like smaller amount of money to like spots five, six, seven, eight. Cause I think they started to like understand the fact that just because like four people are training for the Olympics doesn't mean that those four people are going to make it. So like, mm -hmm. it could be nice to help out the other people. Like I was heading January of 2016. I was 11th in the country and March 2016, I was fourth in the country. That's how I qualified. Wow. So just paying for the four people kind of, I feel like it's unfair because <clears throat> it's not even necessarily that they're going. And also they can get injured at any point in time and, and not be able to go. So they kind of, I guess our budget increased and they started giving out a little bit more money. But otherwise, I mean, like I said, there was moments where only top two were getting funding to travel. Otherwise it's the top four. So if you're in the top four, wow. you're getting your travel paid for. But yeah. So once you drop uh, once you drop from four to five, they're not paying <clears throat> your own money. Travel? Your own money. And this is just some sort of like ranking or point system. How does that work? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have we have two point systems. Honestly, I don't really fully know them. <laughs> <laughs> I I have a general idea of what I need to do, and then my coach also has a general idea, and then you just hope for the best. Wow. And what what is your what is your training schedule? look like because you know you, you've got to maintain you know some sort of job to pay for all of this or, or crowdfund to you know what is, what is a typical day for a training or week look like you know it's funny i don't really remember because i haven't had a real one in like two years now hmm. like as you're asking this i'm like oh let me think back on february 2020 <laughs> wow. or 2020 right like yeah. crazy um <clears throat> So we have practices Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturday mornings. Um, uh, so I, I mean, I started again, now things are differently. Like I've kind of become a content creator on a more regular basis. So like that obviously yeah. makes fencing and like training a lot easier because I can do that job anywhere. And like, I make my own hours. <clears throat> but before that, I was, I mean, I, I've always been doing a whole bunch of stuff. Like I referee competitions, I coach, coach kids, um, like I said, content creation. I was um, modeling as well. I mean, I'm still I'm like content creator model. But um, yeah, I mean, I just kind of fit in all those things in between. I used to coach fencing like on a, like a more serious basis where like I... Was I coaching Tuesdays? I was definitely coaching Thursdays. So I like my entire Thursday would be just giving lessons to kids. Um, and then Saturday mornings, I would go in, I would coach, and then I would leave straight from there to go to practice. I think I also wasn't going to practice on Tuesdays to work. I feel like I was working more than just Thursdays. 
but maybe I was like mm-hmm. alternating. This is like, I don't know, like seven years ago. So it's a little bit hard to think back <laughs> on, but, sure. and also like blends it all into one. Um, yeah. but I mean, yeah. yeah. And then weekends I would be uh, referee in competitions, like all over the country in New Jersey, whatever. Mm-hmm. What what would your advice be to, let's say specifically to a young female, right? A young Monica, Monica. 10 years old and wants to get into whether it's a sport or something that seems beyond reach. What what would your advice be um, to young Monica? You're going to cry a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't take back anything that I, that I've done. I think it's, you know, I ended up where I needed to be with, just kind of, I don't know. I, I've kind of thought about it of like all of our hardships really lead up where to, we, to where we are today. And I don't think I'd be the same person if like I had been born into a rich family. Um, yeah. I think I'd be a lot snobbier probably, you know, life would be a lot easier. Even more than you are now. Whoa. Hey, hey, <laughs> you're saying you're, you're saying all this cause you're behind a computer and that's the only reason. <laughs> that's right. You otherwise uh, for that one. Yeah, yeah. My, this, in case you guys are listening to this, Monica is like a, a six foot blonde, and she could probably kick my ass. So <laughs> I don't know if I could kick your ass, but I could hold my own for a little bit. I, I think I'm <laughs> faster than you are, so I could run away. But yeah, you could probably hold your own. Your joints are better than mine. Like I was working <laughs> out in my room, and I hurt my knee yesterday. So okay, well. And again, fractured um, vertebrae. We also talked about that one, so we need to keep that yeah. one in mind. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean you know, it's, it's, I feel like anything in life is never easy. So if it's worth it, it's going to be difficult. You know, sometimes it's more difficult than it, than you anticipated, but I don't know. Like I said, I wouldn't really change anything that I, that I went through. Would I have maybe wished things were a little bit easier? Yeah, for sure. But we are where we are. I don't really know what advice I would give. I feel like I'm a little too jaded. Like, um, you know, have fun. It's going to be a wild ride (laughs) and enjoy. (laughs) Yeah, but you you appreciate your struggles and your failures, if you will, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, again, I I really like the person that I am today, and I mean, I know that I wouldn't have gotten here if it wasn't for all the struggles. Do I like? Do I appreciate them at the time? No. Do I still really appreciate them? Yeah, you know, I get it. Did we really need them? I don't know, but we we are where we are. <laughs> Uh, that's fair. What's um, what's your future gonna hold? Do do you know? Like, are you a goal setter? Are you looking forward to? I guess that'd be twenty twenty four. What what are these next few years gonna look like? Um, I am definitely a goal setter. I don't like to say a lot of my goals out loud. <clears throat> I'm a little superstitious with those. Why? I don't know. But I don't know. I also feel like you don't. You don't really need to tell everybody what you're what you're up to. You can just be doing it on your own, you know? And then if you fail, no one really knows because you didn't tell anybody. <laughs> so that's my approach. Um, I'm not fully convinced because it is really difficult to make that decision to commit to... Th- What's really helping here is that it's three years, not four years. Um, right. And like every year in like an Olympic cycle feels like four years on its own so i feel like i really cut down time with it being only three years of training Mm -hmm. um so that's really working in the favor of me staying um but it it is a lot i mean i commit myself to staying in new york um again the grind non-stop which part of me really likes i don't like being bored i don't like being lazy i like 
being running around like a crazy person amongst everything, even though I'm very stressed out if you ever talk to me in these moments. Um, but I do like them truly. Yeah. Um, you know, being financially unstable for another three years, that doesn't seem ideal, but that is part of the process. Um, but I love it. I mean, yeah. I've talked to a few Olympians on my podcast about this. Like it's an addiction. Yeah. <clears throat> being an athlete is a hundred percent like doing lines because like the feeling that you get of winning is just I'm getting chills talking about it is like none other. I mean, you know, the work, the hours you're putting into it, everything. And I mean, there's like split seconds between win and lose. So when you do win, that feels phenomenal. Losing does not feel great at all. Nobody likes it. We all hate it. I'm like yeah. allergic to it, but just like, and nothing will give you that same satisfaction as going to a competition and beating this tough opponent that like you were kind of nervous about because you didn't know if you would walk away. And I mean, that's why you see most athletes, Olympians, I would say Olympians. I think we're a little crazier than, than most athletes. You have to be a little bit crazy. Um, yep. Like everything's a competition to me because that's how I've been wired. But like winning monopoly against my family is not going to give me the same satisfaction as like winning an Olympic medal, obviously. Um, so like, that's kind of difficult to walk away from. But um, I did recently, I was going through my Twitter for whatever reason, and I found these two videos of like these really tight matches. And like, I watched that last point winning and I, I like started tearing up because I was like, shit, I might literally, I'm tearing up thinking about it. I might never experience this again. Hmm. So I think I have to go back. Okay. Now you go back. One is it, it's a two part question. One, is it going to be enough to make it back on the team and two if you do are you going to be disappointed if you don't get another medal um what do you mean is it going to be enough to to make the team what is right that for you like you you you, you want to go back right you say like yeah. that's that's your drive for the next three oh, years so if you do it if i make the team yeah you're gonna be enough for you like oh i made the team and that's it or are you going to need to have that success to be fulfilled no, uh, I think for me, I mean, okay, hard to answer because I don't really know until like I'm in this sure. moment and like, let's say we don't medal. I mean, of course, obviously, like that's a loss. So like, yeah, it's going to be disappointing because <clears throat> only winners are making or earning medals. Um, yeah. So I would have not won. So that's going to be disappointing. Um, for me, like I never went into Rio with the, with the hope. Okay, hope was always there with intentions of meddling. Like it, that would never cross my mind. People are like, Oh, are like, are you like going for gold? And I was like, I'm here. <laughs> right. I don't care. I'm getting coffee next to Michael Phelps. I'm good. I snuck into yeah. the, uh, like, yeah. I'm, you know, if we don't meddle, like that's fine. <laughs> I'm here. Um, so I, I do think again, it's, it's hard to say now versus like being in that situation for me personally, making the team is my goal. Um, meddling is just an additional bonus. Yeah. Like I want to have the opportunity to compete for an individual medal. I want to qualify individually to at least have the opportunity to step out there representing myself. Yes, obviously as well, the United States, but when you're fencing individually, it's you winning the medal team events different, right? Team USA won, right. not Monica Xamit. So I want to have that opportunity of standing on the strip against an opponent and fighting for myself. So for me, that is my goal. 
if I happen to win a medal, I mean, hell yeah, great. I'm not going to say yeah. no to that medal. I will take it happily. Um, but making the Olympic team, period, is just the goal. I, I love that. And I think that's a, a perfect end note. Fight for yourself. Look at nice that. job. Look at that. You, quotes. <laughs> you, you, you killed the quote. Monica, where can people find you? Um, I'm on all the social media. Um, just she my first and last name. Uh -huh. <laughs> you gotta be these days. Um, so anywhere you type in Monica Xamit, you're going to find me. Uh, you, you definitely will find her and she is highly entertaining, um, and, and a good person. So I, I appreciate knowing you. I'm glad I got oh, to thanks. beat you up and <laughs> I look forward to watching you in the future. And next time I'm in New York, you know, we'll get another workout in or, you know, maybe we'll grab a hot dog or something. I don't know about the hot dog. You can have that. Or I'll teach you how to fence. I'm still waiting on teaching you how to fence. That would be fun. Um, inside joke. She was late for a training session and I was by a hot dog stand and I was texting her if she wanted a hot dog. And then I realized that like, I've never met this girl. And she's like, why is this guy asking if I wanted a hot dog? But there was a hot dog stand outside of Central Park. So that's where that's coming from. How about that for an ending? There you go. It's better for it's better than fight for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right i'm joy thurman thank you for joining me for another episode of the fat or future podcast remember don't be a fatty f-a-d-d-y be a part of the future cheers <laughs>